0: This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible, and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Into the book of Joshua we go. So as we walk through the Bible as a congregation, a couple things probably are crossing your mind. But I want to start with three verses to open. So open to Joshua chapter 1, we're going right to the beginning. I want to set these verses and then kind of maybe paint some things that are running through your mind, uh, or at least they're on mine as we gather today. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. I'm not going to display it. I just want you uh, to consider this as we move. Opening verses from this book. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Now there's an intro, isn't it? Boom. He's dead. We're moving on. We've got five books. Five books over Moses Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, three sermons. Moses, Joshua starts. He's dead. Now, some of you are like, well, that's not real nice. Is that the way you're going to treat me when I die? Like, dead, moving on. The amazing part is they're still dealing with what we should. God's promise never changed. Moses has indeed died, but the promise is carrying forward. Now, here's what I wonder as you read through Joshua, whether you read the focused readings or you read the entire book this week, a couple things come to mind. I've heard people say, man, Joshua was powerful amazing ability to captivate people, move a nation. Others who said, wow, a lot of people were in the path of Israel's advancement. It's a lot of death. It's a lot of destruction. I don't know what to do with it. Stay right there in chapter 1, because now we're going to jump to verse 7 and 8. So we're just moving a few verses forward. We've got Joshua now getting instruction. The Lord said, I'm going to be with you, Joshua, verse 7 and 8, and he continues. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Before I continue, did you catch this? (laughs) Moses may be gone, but everything he said still holds true. You don't get to rewrite the law. You don't get to make it what you want it to be. It still is exactly as God shared it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. We opened the service with these words before we went into confession and absolution, us actually speaking to God, God, I repent, I turn of my sinful ways. We were reminded of those very similar words that come out of Joshua 1 that you need to meditate on God's word, that you need to have a focus on God. Do you know who else this sounds like? Who else does this sound like? Meditate on God's word day and night. Well, there's a couple places you could pull it, but there's another set of books that opens with these exact same words. I don't know, just letting you guys think a little. It's not, it's not like pick pastor's brain morning. It's just, what is that other book that starts that way? The Psalms start that way. Psalm 1, verse 1 through 2. Before we make our leap into the rest of Joshua, it's Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So you've got Joshua who is told Moses is gone, he is dead. Meditate on this word. When you feel like things are broken down, meditate on the word. David is the same, 400 years removed. Uh, Joshua is here in about the year 1400 B.C. King David will come on the scene in about 1,000. Just giving you ballpark figures so you can just kind of get a, uh, an idea where this is. 400 years removed, and they're still saying the same thing. I just wish the church would change and be more contemporary. <laughs> you know, it's kind of nice sometimes when the church does what? Stays the same. It really is. I get that we're different. I did not grow up in a theater church. Sorry, I I didn't. So some things have changed, but God's word didn't, and we'd be better when we meditate on it day and night. We need to get some new books. We don't need new books. We just need to read the one book that we've forgotten to read. This is what's really cool about our congregation reading, isn't it? Please don't raise your hands, but I would suggest to you, there are many of us in this, that for you, this may be your first journey through from Genesis to Revelation. You've read it, you've heard it, you've heard lectionaries, and, we, and we've talked about the theology of Christ, but to really read it, you're going, this is cool. I'm actually doing that thing. You've read contemporary novels written by pastors who give you evaluations, of things. but now you're actually doing the one thing God wanted you to do. Guess what it is? Meditate on his word day and night. Joshua 4. Joshua 4 moves us into the question of what's happening next in the time of God's people. So much of our lives we wrap up on what we accomplish, what we do, are our finances right, the tasks we have for daily life. Did we complete a job? Did we get it all set? Did we remember what's going on? But Joshua leads the people into the promised land in Joshua 4, and as he does it, he's quick to remember, once they cross the Jordan, how it is they crossed. Meaning, who is it that helped them get there? Joshua 4, verse 5 to 7. Take up each of you a stone upon your shoulders, this is powerful and I hope you gleaned this as you were reading. They're crossing the Jordan and Joshua says to them when you go across, pick up a stone. This is something normal that only like kids under the age of ten do, right? See a stone? pick it up. I mean just yesterday we were doing some laundry. My wife's like, Man, that doesn't sound right. It sounds like a stone's in that dryer. Why would there be a stone in the dryer? Maybe my kids were reading Joshua, like on the side, and they had read Joshua 4. I, w- I was reading to the end of Joshua, but not the picking up a stone part, but they had put it in their pocket, and that stone made its way into the dryer. Take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. You know the New Testament, they'll ask for signs, right? We want a sign, we want a sign. None will be given but the sign of Jonah. You get Jesus' answer? here's signs they're given signs even in the old testament this may be a sign when your children ask in time to come what do those stones mean to you isn't that interesting not just what do the stones mean what do the stones mean to you then you shall tell them that the waters of the jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the lord and when it passed over the jordan the waters of the jordan were cut off so these stones shall be to the people of israel a memorial forever Probably prior to reading Joshua 4, if I asked you what the stones meant, you guys would have all said, what stones? Because our memory is fleeting. How quickly we forget. You're like, well, that was 1400 B.C., Pastor. I mean, those stones, that's not a a daily problem. I'm not crossing the Jordan right now. I know. But I do know in recalling the promises of what God has done for his people and realizing that he has done everything that he said did you catch that in chapter 23 the reading this morning god's word didn't let them down even once in all the promises the word came true crossing the jordan is a major major event for the people of israel because it shows care and protection most of you want care and protection in your life when it really comes down to it yes i know you want jobs and other things and you can have prosperity and success and all this but what you really want is to know your family is safe that you're taken care of and that you'll be all right today Some people, (laughs) you might worry about tomorrow, but you're going, ah, tomorrow's fine. I'm just going to focus on today. Today will be just fine, Lord. I will take up the prayer in my life today. Give me this day my daily bread. How quickly we get focused on give me, Lord, my three decades bread. Give me, Lord, my retirement unto eternity bread. Lord will take care of you one day at a time. people need to remember who it is that removed all those things that were out in front of them. But our memory falls short. How many of you in this place were alive or have memories of the Great Depression? It's astounding. About four. Now of those who have memories, having heard some pass to me, it shaped you, a part of you. I don't know each story that you carry with you, but I know that it shaped how you think of things, how you think of possessions, and now you have this whole new place. Four, only four people. All that's gone. But those of you who walk through it, you remember things. There's a man named Alexander Yorkovich, who you do not know. But to a family who had absolutely nothing on their plates and had only one thing left, a ring to their name, Alexander Yorkovich said, "Just if you'll give the ring, I, I have some means and I'm going to help you out. Because they didn't want a handout. They said, this is all that I have. He said, that's fine. If you need to give that, that's fine. I will give this to you. They will never forget the name Alexander Yorkovich. Ever. But when the generations pass, the next will forget. You wonder how it is that they forgot what God was doing. Oh, come on, they crossed the Jordan. Waters went back. How many of you remember that the waters went back here? Most of us just remember the crossing of the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. God does this water thing a couple times. But how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget that God is caring for his people. Some of you may have read Joshua and thought, man, Reading Joshua just makes me realize I'm not Joshua. I can't lead an army. I'm not that person. I'm not that out in front. So reading this, Pastor, all it did for me was just make me feel like less. Because now I realize that I'm not there. I'm not on the plane that Joshua's on. Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. Joshua did all of these magnificent things, and I'm just me. You're not just you. You are you. And you is a wonderful thing when you remember what God has made you to be. See, Joshua, on the seventh time, as he goes around Jericho, we get the reminder of God's plan of promise. But a plan of promise that when the walls of Jericho would fall, he would take care of the people who thought, I'm just not Joshua. Rahab's that great example. She's not Joshua. She's a prostitute who's there who happens to save some spies make sure they're set but she cares for her family in that the text reads this joshua six at the seventh time so they've, they've walked around Now imagine this here you are in a walled city and people are walking around with trumpets what are you thinking you can walk all you want you're never going to climb this wall you're never going to make it up and the seventh time when the priests had blown the trumpets joshua said to the people shout for the lord has given you the city isn't it interesting when we think about joshua in the battle of jericho who do we think about Joshua. It's not what Joshua thought about. (laughs) Joshua thought, Lord, you're with me in this because I cannot take down these walls. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't sing Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. I'm just reminding you, remember the way you really should remember it is Joshua was there as the Lord fought the battle of Jericho. (laughs) Joshua was commanding things as the Lord was doing awesome work. And Joshua always pointed to the Lord. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that's within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. God's caring for his people, opening up this land that he had promised. This may be foreign to some of you to consider, but remember, they don't go into the promised land and no one's there, because God didn't send them into a land that was not tamed. He actually sent them to a land that was cared for, that had crops and other things, and all this is set there and had cities. They actually go in and occupy other people's cities, cities that were made at someone else's hand. God provided for, imagine that. God didn't just provide a land. He provided a land with what? (laughs) With structures and buildings and all these things established. Now, some of you are real workers. You're going, yeah, but there were other people there. Yes, I know. People that were opposed to God people who are not worshiping God, people who are turned from him. You'll hear me say this so many times in the Old Testament, so get ready for it. Our 21st century ears do not like this. We do not like that God draws lines. He does. There is right and there is wrong. But in the midst of right and wrong, God is drawing in anyone who hears his word. Rahab and her whole family are saved because they heard what God was doing. Joshua recounts that they hear the events that are happening. They hear of the crossing of the Jordan. They hear of the collapse of other kings and say, this is God. This is the God. I've been worshiping something wrong. This is the God who is there for me. Now, after the fall of Jericho and Ai, uh, Joshua, like Moses, has a thanksgiving. He has a thanksgiving kind of reminder. You, you recall after the Exodus, Moses broke into song. So a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about Moses' song. That was one of our focuses. Moses is singing this song. And a lot of you ask, what's the song? What's the tune? We don't, we don't have the tune, but Moses was singing this song. Well, now you've got Joshua following, coming into the promised land, having this deliverance of I.E. in Jericho. There's not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before the assembly. Isn't that cool? Joshua reads to the people. Reading to the people is so central to who we are. Last night, as I was uh, talking with my kids going to bed, they, they came up to me and we had been reading a little uh, from Joshua. And then they asked me, they said, hey, could, could we read again? I really want, maybe we could read all of us together. Just, we could read the Bible. And it sounds like something pastors make up. It does. I get it. It does sound like something pastors make up. Helen asked me again this morning. She goes, could we read later today? I said, well, what are we going to read? I said, we're doing Joshua this morning. So this afternoon, we'll get you into, into judges. She goes, all right, that'd be great. I have no idea if she's actually going to let me read to her this afternoon. That's called being a parent. I have no idea if she will even listen or if I can get three kids to sit down. But new patterns, that's what we're forging as a congregation. Patterns and opportunities. See, one of those neat moments happened for me a couple weeks ago. A member of the leadership team came to me and said, hey, pastor, we got to talk. All right, we got to talk. I'm ready. Put on my thinking cap. I'm ready. What's this about? Obviously, worlds are shifting. Comes into my office and said, Leviticus we got to talk Leviticus. How's it fit? I'm like, God, you are awesome. How awesome is that is the challenge that we're having as a church? How does Leviticus fit into this whole thing? That's awesome. We want to know how it fits because we're changing patterns. A few weeks ago, one of you left your Bible here at church. So we grabbed it and we took it back to the office. And as is normal, I get the phone call, the email or something later, Uh, Also, as a quick service announcement, if any of you are missing glasses, the number of reading glasses I have at the office far surpasses anything that I want to share with you. Weird thing to share in a sermon, but if you're missing them, man, do I have just, again, I end my service announcement. And the family said, oh, we'll get to it. You know what happens on Monday? I'm coming by to get my Bible because I'm reading with the church and I can't wait a few more days. I want to read the Bible I'm reading because I'm putting some notes in it because I want to be able to skip. Changing patterns. Could they have waited to get their Bible another week? Yes, I know that. But not now because we're a congregation that's reading and we're reading with each other. It's changing our patterns. Joshua is helping the people understand a new pattern's coming. We listen to God's word and meditate on it day and night. You don't have to be Joshua. Joshua is only Joshua because he meditated on God's word and he listened to what God was saying and God gave him something to do. The world didn't need 15 Joshuas. It only needed one. God just made one of you. But he would love it if you would do everything that he is asking you to do. You have a unique calling in your life. Your brother or sister only has one of you. (laughs) Your parents only have one of you. There may be other siblings, but just one. Your next door neighbor only has one of you. There are other people that may even live in your house or somewhere else, but you get where I'm going? You are uniquely made. God has set you up in this perfect time, in this perfect place to do all that he would ask you to do. Chapter 23, therefore be strong to keep and do all that's written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside neither to go to the right nor to the left. We get so many things that call on our attention. May these new patterns that God's instilling us help us to keep focus in the midst of challenge. Any of you willing to admit you've watched a little bit less news or read a little bit less newspaper as you've been reading the Bible? Feels pretty cool, doesn't it? So you took something you didn't need and you put in something God said you do. It's amazing how the temporary desires of the heart, I got to know what's going on. I have to know what's happening in North Dakota. I have to know what's happening in Canada. I have to know what's happening in New Zealand. Those are probably not the places you guys have been worried about. I get that. But God's changing us as we change our patterns. Where do I go? How do I live? The questions that people ask. Now, as you go through and you think about the law, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, but I know it just feels like it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. Because you got right here in Joshua 23, pastor, obey the law of Moses, don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. I know, don't turn to the right and left, because right in the middle is where God is, and that's where his promises are. And he's finding fulfillment there for us. Our second reading, is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, a church that's getting so many things dead wrong. If you don't know that about Corinth, they're just wrong on so many things. Wrong worship, wrong teaching, wrong focus who's giving the teaching. They can't celebrate the Lord's Supper right. They can't do anything right. And at the end, he's drawing to a close here in 1 Corinthians, and he writes about the resurrection and just kind of gives it straightforward to the people. If in Christ so if Christ is the center if in Christ we have hope in this life only if we're just chasing a teacher if we're just here saying oh it's just this book that we read and there's this guy named Jesus and he loves on us and he hugs us if in Christ we have hope only in this life we are of all people most to be pitied so we're not gathering in this place so that we can just have a feel good moment this is not meant to be an emotional just 45 minutes to an hour of go get it so you can live seven more days that is not what we do If your hope is only in this world, we are of all people to be most pitied. Do you hear? This is Paul, the central teacher, the one driving the Holy Testament. He goes, no, 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 no. This is not about you just getting an emotional excitement. He goes on and says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. See, this is where it starts to turn into like weird movies that you would find on uh, all these services now, like Netflix and Hulu and other places, right? Whoa, 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 people, people rising from the dead. What is like zombie stuff? This is weird. I mean, you do realize that's how the rest of the world looks at this, right? Dead person living. That would be a, well, you're like, technically a zombie is undead, pastor, so it's not really living. Fine. I'm not here to mince words with you on zombies. (laughs) I'm not. That is also what I'm not here to do. But here to remind you that this story, this account of what God's narrative but in fact, Christ is raised from the dead, the first fruits of all who've fallen asleep. When you read in Joshua 23 and 24 that God's promises are all fulfilled, we're reading all these books that you're reminded again and again that God's promises are carried forward. And when God says to you that those who die in the faith in Jesus Christ of his merits on the cross, his death and resurrection for you, Romans 6 means something different. You aren't just baptized into a death like his, you are baptized into a resurrection like his. When we start and say that we are covered with Christ's righteousness in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's because that means something to you right now. It means that you are His, and you don't have to have the name Joshua. You didn't have to cross the Jordan, although we cross the Jordan all the time. Lord, I'm never going to make it to my new job. I'm never going to make it, Lord, if you only get me to my new job. And then you get to the new job, and you've crossed the Jordan, Right? And you go, ah, I that one. Yay, God, you help me. And then you get to the new job, and you go, Lord, if only I'd get another position. This is a terrible job. I don't want to be here at all. Lord, you have, to, you have to deliver me from this. And the Lord takes you back, and then funny, he takes you where? To your old job, and you're like, this is amazing. I'm so back where I belong. I'm back in the promised land. This is really great. Wow, that same supervisor is still here. Lord, you have to deliver me. I need to cross over the Jordan again. Get ready for it. It's fun when you read the Old Testament this way. They're going to cross the Jordan River <laughs> a lot. If you didn't know this about the Old Testament... They're going to cross the Jordan again, and again, literally. They will actually cross the Jordan River multiple times uh, as they're trying to find out, we need to be here, we need to be here, we need to be here. You know where you need to be? Right where you are, right now. Because God is making his presence known in this place. Because we are a people who hold to the faith that God made the world, sent his son, and by his spirit is guarding and protecting us in just moments. We will receive from his table, a table he sets in our presence, his body and blood, so the world would say, where's God? God comes to you and says, I am here. I'm not distant. I'm not far off. I'm not 1400 BC, God. You don't have to be a time traveler to go back to Joshua. You don't need to see Jericho's walls fall. You need to realize that God cares for you enough to give you his body and his blood. Strength for this day, our daily bread. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person on behalf of everyone at Jordan. We hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior Jesus Christ every Sunday morning at 9.30 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the Peak of Good Living, Apex, North Carolina.